Hi. Good evening. And welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast Mother's Day Celebration Part 2. Oh, things that come in threes. Come on. Let's get real. I want to... She didn't... Well, yeah, she did. Well, if you count the music videos, they kind of were movies. I want to eulogize Tani Katan. Here we go again. Is this love? She was on Dr. Drew's uh, re- uh, Celebrity Rehab. Tani Katan. She died today. I mean, she, you know, she did the splits in those videos. People, I think, even to the end of her life, were asking her, can you still do the splits? And so I thought, you know, when someone, when someone of that ginormity, ginormity, well, there are other things that ginormous passes, I figured, you know, that's, I mean, it's only rock and roll, you know, but I like it. Yeah. Mother's Day. I, I spent all day shopping for Mother's Day. It's very interesting. Couldn't find any depression glass. And if you don't know what that is, it's the beautiful cups and everything from the 1930s. So I, I guess it's on the outs. Found a really nice bracelet. Found some incense for myself because mom doesn't like incense. So, Tani Katan. 59, what? Yeah. You know, that wasn't her real name. And I remember watching her on Dr. Drew's Celebrity Rehab. She talked about that. Her real name was not Tani Katan. Her real name was Julie E. Katan, born in San Diego, California. Her mom was a beauty pageant. I didn't know that. Uh, So rest in peace. She's a mother. She leaves behind two daughters. Well, last week, a real mother, an entertaining mother, passed away. Miss Olympia Dukakis. And I didn't play any clips, and I figured today is the perfect day to play them. Here we go. This is such a great moment. Oh, and it's a commercial. Oh, thank you, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Or Mother's Day. Mothers. Mommy, Mama. Stewie. Then there's this. I really don't know where to start. Your hair's different. Ma, everything is different. Are you drunk? No, are you drunk? No, but I have a hangover. Where's Pa? Upstairs. Johnny Camareri showed up last night. What? He's in Sicily. No more, he's not. He's with his dying mother in Sicily. She recovered. She was dying. It was a miracle. A miracle? This is modern times. There ain't supposed to be miracles no more. Well, I guess it ain't modern times in Sicily. He came right from the airport. He wanted to talk to you. You, you got a love bite on your neck. He's coming back this morning. What's the matter with you? Your life's going down the toilet. Cover up that damn thing. Come on, put some makeup no, on. All right. Oh, okay, 
mother. <laughs> that was one of my favorites from Moonstruck. Share and Olympia Dukakis. My favorite is when she's in bed and she says, You getting married? Yeah, Johnny Camareri. I don't like him. You're not going to marry him, Cosmo. Do you love him, Loretta? No. Good. Because when you love him, they bring you crazy because they know they can. But do you like him? Yeah, Ma, he's a sweet guy. She, they both won Oscars for that. It's such a great film. That's a classic right there because it's a comedy. It's, it's a universal look at a family. Everyone can relate to that. The fact that it's an Italian family, the film was directed by Norman Jewison, who is a, a Canadian. Such a classic film. Olympia Dukakis played a lot of mothers, and I've talked about this. And then, in 1990, Meryl Streep played Carrie Fisher. Well, a fictional, well, Carrie says it really was her. In the film Postcards from the Edge, where she played Suzanne. Opposite Shirley MacLaine, who was basically playing Debbie Reynolds. Um, Debbie Reynolds has said Postcards from the Edge is not biographical. Well, listen for yourselves and make that judgment. Let's go. Do you have any idea what time it is, dear? Suppose it never occurred to you that you might have scared me by staying out so late. I was about to call all the emergency rooms. I'm sorry, Mama. I didn't call you because I thought you might be asleep. And I came home because I didn't want to worry you. Well, you did worry me. Look at me, I'm a wreck. I'm sorry. What if you'd been out taking drugs or something? I'm supposed to be taking care of you now. You're my responsibility, you're my daughter. What was I supposed to think when you didn't come home? Do you mind if I have a drink? Do you mind if I drop acid? <laughs> Dear, I drink socially. I took acid socially. <laughs> no, I hardly think that my drinking can be compared with your drug taking. <laughs> Even if it could be. I think that your involvement with drugs has vindicated me. I hardly think you're in a position to judge me. Mom, I do hope you were not out sleeping with someone. Oh, I wasn't out sleeping. You were. I hope you used condoms. I didn't raise you to act this way, but if you are, I hope that it's your morals in question and not your judgment. Ma, I'm middle-aged. I'm middle-aged. How many 120-year-old women do you know? You've just gotten out of a drug clinic, so obviously you don't know what's best for you. Oh, and I suppose you do. Suzanne, how did we become so estranged? I've always tried to be a good mother to you, only to be met by this fresh and superior attitude of yours. You've always felt you were my intellectual superior since you were 14 years old. Rightfully so. You were always more verbal than me. I 
whatever. Why did you turn away from me? I just want you to like me. I just want to be your friend. Ma, could we have this conversation in the morning? Oh. I'm very tired. Every time I try to get close to you, you push me away. How would you like to have Joan Crawford for a mother? <laughs> oh, or Lana Turner. These are the options. I think you had it pretty good. You or Lana or No, Joan. when I had my breakdown, I would have killed myself if it hadn't been for you. Oh, there it is. It's just like that that you say, I don't know what to do with I that. I came from nothing, and I made something out of my life. You come from somewhere, and you're trying to make nothing out of yours. I think you should just get over what happened to you in your adolescence. It is time to move on. Now, this is Debbie Reynolds talking about Postcards from the Edge and says the complete opposite of what Carrie says. She wrote the novel Postcards from the Edge, and now they've finished it, and Meryl Streep is the star, Sherry McLean also is the star. And it's supposedly about a mother and a daughter and all of their problems and their pulls, and, and everyone thinks that it's me, it's not. Carrie wrote a novel, but... You know, I'll have to bear Is there a lot of you in it? Not really. It's it's really about a big... They fight a lot and they argue. And, and you didn't? Uh, no, we didn't. Do you think the public is going to assume, since this will be played up, that, in a sense, Shirley MacLaine is playing you? I think so. But it's not true. No, DeCarrie wrote it. That's to her brilliance as a writer. Everyone will think that because it's so well-written and it's so honest. It seems so honest. But it isn't really about Carrie and myself. It's It's the novel she wrote. And it's sort of shocking. I get. I haven't seen it. I don't think I'm going to see it because I think I'll get upset because people will think it's me. How do you like reading what she writes? Startling. She writes uh, very graphically, you know. And Is her, that shocking her, a little? And some of it's sexual. Well, her language, yes. It's, and uh, intense. Uh-huh. Well, the first movie she did was called Shampoo, and in that movie she had to say, the, you know, that, that word. So, uh, How did you feel, I'm Mama a Nazarene, Debbie? you know. I didn't want her to say it. I wanted her to say... Oh, uh, you know, Shucks. other words. Does it twinge you then when you hear her say it or write it? Yeah, I, d I don't like it, no. I think it's very unfeminine. When she writes it, well, she writes everything. So, um, you know, it's Dorothy Parker. She's very quick. She's very glib. If her, of it's today, to stay. It's not like Dorothy Parker. It's a different language. But she's, she writes very today. Isn't that interesting? That's Debbie Reynolds' take on it. Well, here's Carrie's take on it. Meryl last summer for a few days when she asked me to help her out in her garden. It seemed that a certain type of bug was shamelessly eating her raspberry plants and something had to be done and quickly. It appeared Meryl and I were going to have to kill some insects. She was this vicious bug crusher without conscience. I learned something that day. Don't mess with Meryl. <laughs> I had to find this out the hard way. Not that I crossed her. I just, well, I was her in the sense that she played essentially me in my semi-autobiographical screenplay, Postcards from the Edge. And <laughs> after 
lives premiered. I began daily to see the pain and disappointment in the eyes of my family and friends. Every time I wasn't Meryl. There's a name for this condition, as it turns out. Meryl Noma, Street Dukakis. Meryl, you're either the best friend a person could have or the best damned actress in the world. I See what I said? Interesting. Debbie was Debbie says one thing. Carrie, what did why did you say that? You gotta understand something. In reality, I'm not gonna admit that postcards from the edge is about me and my mother. Nor is come on, you gotta give Debbie Reynolds more credit than that. She was a star. And she didn't like the F word. She said it every now and then. That's my take on it, Dr. Zeus. Thank you, Carrie Fisher. And now let's continue with... You're going to talk about Joan Crawford, aren't you? Well, yeah, I want to segue into that, you know. Let me just tell you, my mother knew her, and she loved Mildred Pierce, and then she met the real thing. Thank you, Carrie. So, we're going from Postcards to the Edge to Mildred Pierce. Whoa, what a mother. Where did you get that uniform? Miss Vida gave it to me. She makes me wear it in case I have to answer the doorbell. Miss Vida gave it to you? I told her you wouldn't like it, Mrs. Pierce. I told her right off. But she hollered and went on so that I put it on just to keep her quiet. Ay-yay, ay-yay. Have you ever danced in the tropics? In the hazy, lazy-like kind of crazy, like South America way. Ay-yay, ay-yay. Have you ever kissed in the moonlight in that grand and glorious sunny? Is that what you learn at ballet school? Well, do you like it? What have you got on your face, darling? Well, I thought... It's just some lipstick, Mother. Lottie, will you take Kay upstairs and wash all that goo off her face and give her a good scrubbing? But my face don't need scrubbing. I washed it this morning. Go on, Well, it up. can stand a little more what? soap and water. Vida? Yes, Mother, what is it? Where did you find the uniform you gave Lottie? I was looking for a handkerchief. In my closet? I looked everywhere else. Your handkerchiefs are in your own top drawer where they always are. Now, what were you doing snooping around my closet? Really, Mother, it seems to me you're making quite a fuss about something which doesn't matter. If you bought the uniform for Lottie, and I certainly can't imagine who else you could have bought it for, then why shouldn't she wear it? You've been snooping around ever since I got this job trying to find out what it is. And now you know. You know, don't you? Know what? Know what, Mother? You knew when you gave that uniform to Lottie that it was mine, didn't you? Your uniform? Yes, I'm waiting tables in a downtown restaurant. My mother, a waitress. I took the only job I could get so you and your sister could eat and have a place to sleep and some clothes on your backs. Aren't the pies bad enough? Did you have to degrade us? Peter, don't talk like that. I'm really not surprised. You've never spoken of your people, who you came from, so perhaps it's natural. Maybe that's why Father... <gasps> Now, that's the dramatic music that later was used in soap operas. So, Mildred Pierce, Mildred Pierce is the mothers of all mothers. This, of course, is before Joan 
said motherfucker or don't fuck with me fellas in Mildred Pierce or I'm sorry Mommy Dearest which well we can't really say is factual now can we well I don't know we could ask Carrie but she's busy Mildred Pierce won Joan Crawford her only Academy Award she didn't show up she accepted it in bed I guess she was sick that day but Anne Blythe who's still alive who played Vita, what a hellraiser, and was also nominated, spoke so lovingly of, of Joan Crawford. Here we are. This is probably, this is, my grandmother loved this film. This is, this is the epic one right here. She slapped Vita a lot. Obviously, it didn't work. Sorry, this had to happen. Sorry for the boy. He seemed very nice. Oh, Ted's all right, really. <laughs> Did you see the look on his face when we told him he was going to be a father? <laughs> I wish you wouldn't joke about it. Mother, you're a scream. Really, you are. The next thing I know, you'll be knitting little garments. I don't see anything <laughs> so ridiculous about that. If I were you, I'd save myself the trouble. You're not going to have a baby? At this stage, it's a matter of opinion. And in my opinion, I'm going to have a baby. I can always be mistaken. How could you do such a thing? How could you? I got the money, didn't I? Oh, I see. I'll have to give Wally part of it to keep him quiet, but there's enough left for me. Money. That's what you live for, isn't it? You'd do anything for money, wouldn't you? Even blackmail. Oh, grow up. I've never denied you anything. Anything money could buy, I've given you. But that wasn't enough, was it? All right, Vita, from now on, things are going to be different. I'll say they're going to be different. Why do you think I went to all this trouble? Why do you think I want money so badly? All right, why? Are you sure you want to know? Yes. Then I'll tell you. With this money, I can get away from you. Vita. From you and your chickens and your pies and your kitchens and everything that smells of grease. I can get away from this shack with its cheap furniture and this town and its dollar days and its women that wear uniforms and its men that wear overalls. Vita, I think I'm really seeing you for the first time in my life, and you're cheap and horrible. You think just because you made a little money you can get a new hairdo and some expensive clothes and turn yourself into a lady. But you can't, because you'll never be anything but a common frump whose father lived over a grocery store and whose mother took in washing. With this money, I can get away from every rotten, stinking thing that makes me think of this place or you. Vita! Get out, Vita. Get your things out of this house right now before I throw them into the street and you're with them. Get out before I kill you. The way she screams, Vita! Like it's Velveeta. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Um, now we're going to go to Mommy Dearest. We're fade on away portrays Joan Crawford. You deliberately embarrassed me in front of a reporter. A reporter. I told you how important this is to me. I told you. Why did you adopt me? What? Why did you adopt me? Is it 
Of course, we know what happened. She says, why can't you give me respect just like any stranger off the street? Because I am not one of your fans. Yeah, that's what it was like a scene out of Aliens. Talk about giving birth. I know. Dr. Z's film podcast. Faye Dunaway has really played some mothers, hasn't she? Now, Betty Davis. Betty Davis. We we can't leave this conversation without talking about Betty Davis. Who really played some mothers. And that was evident in the film The Star. She is the star who has lost her way and all she wants you to do is love her is it money do you want more from john more money never ask johnny for money here we go natalie wood plays her daughter in the star hello anita why good evening miss ellen oh i know it's late but i, I must see mr morgan Oh, Mother, Mother! Why, Gretchen, you're still awake. That's all right, Anita. I'll see that she gets back to bed. My, you look beautiful. I have the most beautiful mother in the whole world. And I love the way you're doing your hair. I bet you had a fight with your boyfriend. I... I did not. I fell out of a tree. But darling, girls don't climb trees. Well, I won't anymore. My six months with Daddy was up on the 17th. I was wondering when you'd come for me. But you're happy here, aren't you, darling? Oh, I like it all right. Of course, Ronnie and Jennifer get in my hair. They're such babies. <laughs> you... You did come for me, didn't you? It'll only take a minute to get dressed and pack... Where are we living now? Uh, that's it. Uh, Mother has a tiny apartment. Oh, I don't care. I just want to be with you. But Mother's gone most of the day. Well, where are you most of the day? At Mother's studio. Mother, I've got to ask you something. Darling, not not right now. Wait until I have a chance to talk to your father. But he's on location, and it's something very important. Margaret? Won't you come down? Hello, Peggy. Well, if you go down, can I go down too? Look, monkey, you should be asleep. But I'm not a bit sleepy, and I won't go to sleep for hours, please. No, 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 darling. You go up, and I'll come and talk to you in later. All right. So, Natalie Wood had t- has talked about working with Betty Davis and how she loved... A lot of people... Well, I don't know about Joan Crawford. <laughs> Loved working with Betty Davis. Yeah, she was difficult. 
She was a star. And then in 1994, see how I'm jumping? Don't you love it when I jump? A lot of people do. Spike Lee gave us a really great mother. And in a way, it is also semi-autobiographical based on his own life growing up in Brooklyn. This movie is called Crooklyn, directed by Spike Lee. This is a really great scene with Delroy Lindo, who still has doesn't have an Oscar. Why? And Alfre Wooder playing parents to their kids in Crooklyn. Spike Lee joining. You bounced another check. Oh, we had it covered. I'll get some money. When? When? What do you think I'm doing right here? Jim, let me just finish this music. That's what I've always done. The problem is your music's not bringing anything into the house but music. Jim, the money will come. I'm waiting. I'm back teaching school again, and I'm waiting. And you know what? wasn't always like this. I made money before. I'll make money again. I trust you, but you have got to realize we are on a limited budget. I'm trying to balance everything. And when you go and write checks and don't tell me about it, it makes it extremely difficult. And so I have to break that for a bit because the thin line between love and hate is plain. And I don't have license to play that. But that's an example of a scene in Crooklyn. Here we go. Here's another one. Come on, Mommy. Why I gotta eat this? Black Eyed Peas have calcium. All the calcium in the world ain't gonna make up for this nasty taste. It might have made up for your broke arm. Oh, come on, Mommy. I broke my arm because I just got hurt. Besides, this is gross. Nasty. It is not nasty. Everybody else likes it. You're gonna eat. They're all crazy. Yeah, and Like you mother tell you. 
Yeah, Alfre Wooder is such a great actress, and that is Christopher Knowings playing Nate and Delroy Lindo playing the dad. Film moms, we love them, don't we? And it's interesting when a director puts his own mother in the film, and you know what I'm talking about. He would just sit there all night, not say a word. So they said to him, what's the matter, Compari? Don't you talk? Don't you say anything? He says, what am I going to say? That my wife two times me? So she says to him, shut up. You're always talking. <laughs> <laughs> but in Italian, it sounds much nicer. You know? That's it. What's up, man? means he's, he's content to be a jerk. Uh, and he doesn't care who knows it. He's it, did Tommy ever tell you about my painting? No. Look at this. That's ah, beautiful. I like this one. The dog, one dog goes one way and the other dog goes the other way. One well, is going east and the other one is going west. So what? And this guy's saying, what do you want from me? The guy's got a nice head of white hair. Look how beautiful with the dog. It looks the same. They, looks like somebody we know. Without the beard. No, it's him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's him. Holy. So that's Catherine Scorsese, Martin Scorsese's mother, in the film Goodfellas. Now, if you've seen Goodfellas, you know why he wants that knife. But he's not going to tell mom that. He's not going to. Not going to. He's not going to tell her why he really needs that knife. A lot of great film mothers. And in 1997, Casey Lemons directed Eve's Bayou. 
and the ravishing. I always thought she's really pretty. Lynn Whitfield plays a mother. Oh, she plays a mother. I'm going to push him out of a window if I don't get out of this house. Eve. Cicely's been in the goddamn bathtub for an hour. You know that? She stayed in there three hours yesterday. Fortunately, there's more than one bathroom in this house. Ain't that much dirt in all Louisiana. Get out of the damn tub! You watch your language, young lady. Mommy keeps stabbing herself in the kitchen. She'll hold your hands, Mama. I think you better hush. And where's Daddy? He's never home. He's supposed to be home sometimes. Listen, you little ingrate. Your father works hard so we can have a house with four bathrooms. Not every night he's not working. I know he's not. I mean... Let me borrow you for a minute. Is that your idea of being a good daughter? It's true. He never comes home and it's making her nervous. She cuts herself. Oh, and you're just being helpful bringing it up, is that it? She's nervous because he's messing with other women. What did you say? Nothing. Play games with me, I swear I'll slap you blind. It's true, I saw them. You saw who? You have five seconds. Daddy and Mrs. Moreau. God. It was at the party. I was out in the carriage house and they didn't see me. And it was worse than just kissing. They hush, were... hush, let me think a minute. So let's pull away. That's the great Debbie Morgan, who I always felt should have played Lena Horne who was on All My Children. My grandmother loved All My Children. She loved this movie, Eve's Bayou. She told me it had an interesting cast. You have the great Diane Carroll, Lynn Whitfield, Debbie Morgan, Samuel L. Jackson, directed by Casey Lemons. In 2008, Taraji P. Henson, Played the mother of all mothers to Brad Pitt. I came home. Sure, sure, I did. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. 
So in the case of Benjamin Button, Taraji P. Henson plays this mother, this woman who has never been a mother, and she adopts this baby that's been left, who happens to be aging in reverse. The curious case of Benjamin Button. Taraji P. Henson received an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress for playing a really great mom in the film. And then we cut over to, you know, there's there's been some really great actresses throughout the years. This film didn't do too well. But the late Chadwick Boseman played Godfather of Soul, James Brown. This is him confronting his mother, played by Viola Davis. My baby playing at the Apollo? I don't want you to feel proud. I ain't your sugar. I ain't your baby. Not then, not now. And I don't want you to tell nobody you my mama. It's me and you know that ain't true. inside of me. I carried you. I had you, so I chose you. You chose me? I chose you. See, I thought about this a lot. A whole lot. I know it wasn't personal. That's why this ain't neither. I didn't know nothing about being no wife. I didn't know nothing about being no mama. I didn't know nothing about nothing. Just a country. <laughs> All your daddy did was beat on me and beat you real bad. But I loved you, so I stayed. And I left. Because I loved you. And then I was gone. And I did the best I could. I did that. I did. And I'm ashamed. That's a really great scene from Get On Up, where Chadwick Boseman, may he rest in peace, plays James Brown opposite Miss Viola Davis playing his mom. And then we go to, there's a really great book, and it's also an audio book. Get the audio book because you get to hear her read it. It's called The Mother of Black Hollywood, 
Miss Jennifer Lewis, who has played Tina Turner's mother. She's played Whitney's mother and The Preacher's Wife. She is the grandmother on Blackish. Interesting story. In Living Color, did a really great thing where she's this mom on the phone and she's doing all kinds of things. But she's like, that just proves my point. And I figured, let's talk about that. It's not a film, but it's TV. We talk about TV on here sometimes. The, the enormity of Jennifer Lewis. She's, she played all the mothers. So let's give her this screen time. That's all just Her, all her children soon be just like her. Uh-huh. 
something like that. Even after sex, she's still on the phone. <laughs> I love that. So, was it last weekend? No, two weeks ago. A grandma won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. So I thought, let's play a clip from Nari. Yang Yang Yung. When the best supporting actress gave a really great speech. And here we go. This is this is from the movie Minari, which I hear really was well done. And I thought let's end with that. Because grandma's grandma's without grandma, mom wouldn't exist and you wouldn't exist. Let's get real. <laughs> So he says, you're not a real grandma. They bake cookies. They don't swear. They don't wear men's underwear. Really? Don't do that. It's in Korean. Go get some mountain water. Let's drink that. No. Come here. I'm not pretty. I'm good looking. <laughs> She's watching boxing. Someone's gonna get killed. <laughs> That's so cute. <clears throat> so I thought, with all these mothers in film, and yes, there are good ones. Yes, there are bad ones. Some are legendary. Some are interesting. And then I thought, let's talk about the comedians and their mothers. And I thought, let's talk about how mothers, you know, when it comes to bad language. <laughs> and I thought, let's let's talk about uh, George Carlin. Uh, Because he tells an interesting story about his mother. I'm I'm trying to remember which interview it was. Carlin gave a lot of interviews. People would always complain that he wasn't funny in the interviews. Okay. Let's go over here. Here we go. Efficiently. So he was given his hat. My mother was very brave. She left. She left him, I was two months old, and my brother was five, five years, and she left down a fire escape. So he was gone. She, my mother, was very kind of controlling, wanted to control my life, and 
was was heartbroken when I began with the dirty language and the awful stuff he says about business. She was a she was an advertising executive secretary, loved the business world, thought it was just the finest thing that ever happened. And so when I went in that direction at first, very opposed. Until one day we lived on the same street that I grew up, uh, that I went to school in. I went to school on the same block I lived on, something like that. <laughs> Corpus Christi School, and the nuns were great. It wasn't a typical Catholic school. It was a, an experimental progressive school that didn't have grades, didn't have any sort of corporal punishment. It was just very, very wonderful school. And the nuns, she would see the nuns in the street, and they would say, oh, we saw, we saw George on, uh, on The Tonight Show. And she, being a bit of an actress, she would say, oh... It's the awful language, sister. The awful language. And one of them said to her, no, 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 you don't understand. He's using it for other purposes. He's not just doing it for that. It's kind of like part of what he does. Don't you understand? It's this and that and so forth. So she said, oh, well, oh. And from that day on, she was okay with it because the church had approved it. <laughs> so, so that was that. That's how that went. People who deal in, in content that's on the edge, as you do, oftentimes live a life it's similarly on a, on an edge, mm -hmm. and a lot of those people go off the rails, yeah. and we lose them and their talent. And you've been able to not do that and been able to pull it back in. And uh, another luck st stroke, you know. You gotta have luck in this world. Part of it's your genetic makeup. That's luck. And he got that from his mother, Mary. What an interesting story. You know, his mom had issues with alcohol and so and so did his wife his late wife Bren Carlin and I had the good fortune of reading Kelly Carlin's book Kelly Carlin McCall about her family she talks about that what a what an interesting thing his mother he loved his mother but at the same time she didn't approve of uh, the image. Remember, he was the hippy-dippy weatherman. <laughs> yeah. My cousin got to meet George Carlin. And we talked about that on an interview around this time last year. And I thought, you know. Mary Carlin, born 1896, lived to eight, in 1984. Oh, lordy. Mama was old. That's good, though. Unfortunately, George lived to be 71. Because, you know, Mary wasn't doing lines like George. So, and I don't think she would approve of that. But she approved of the nuns who approved of his stand-up. So that's that's something to be said about the great George Carlin. And mothers. Mothers don't like dirty language. I should know. Oh, yes. The many times that I got in trouble for saying fuck at school. I remember one time, we were, it was Friday. We were going to go to my grandmother's. We always went to grandma's. And she says to me, why don't you just be like your grandmother and say fiddlesticks? And I'm thinking, grandma doesn't say fiddlesticks. Come on. And I remember we were at my grandparents' house in their patio and they were telling a story and cussing up a storm. And I looked at my mother and my mother said, this is grandma and grandpa's house and they can say what they want. So, yeah. Explain that to a teenage mind. And, you know, on this show, I cuss every now and then. Not all the time. Not all the time. So I want to dedicate this to all the grandmothers, to all the mothers 
Very interesting. You know, my grandmother loved the classic cinema. And I remember years ago watching Mildred Pearson staying up till four in the morning to watch it on TCM. And I know she approved. (laughs) And my um, grandmother, who was from Mexico, she loved the American movie stars. Oh, she thought they were something. She really did. My grandmother was very interesting because she would watch the American soaps. And she would watch the Mexican telenovelas because they were steamy. Oh, yeah. So she, you know, she had best of both worlds right there. But then I remember one time I asked her, I said, so Grandma, do you like Mexican music? No, I like Frank Sinatra. All right. She's very to the point. Very to the point. Didn't like it that I was not married and I didn't have children. I remember when I turned 33 and, and because, you know, she said that was the age that Jesus was crucified. She was very Catholic and said, you're old. You need to have baby and get married. I said, no. And, and I said, her grandma, my two brothers, one of them, he has two babies and the other one's got one on the way. And she's like, ah, no like. And she said I was too old. And I thought, oh, how funny. My father was 34 when I was born. My parents didn't have me right away. It was funny. You know, I asked, well, why weren't we born yet? Well, we were in college and we were broke. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, they both had their careers. So... You know, we we arrived, We were all planned, according to my grandmother. That was funny. My mother told me that, I guess, you know, after me, my grandmother said, the next one will be a girl. Well, the next one was a boy. And then the third one was another boy. And I'm sure if my mother had had a fourth one, it would have been a boy. Because the genes are dominant. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting the the moxie that our mothers give us and the moxie of these mothers in film. You've got, you know, I have to mention Catherine Scorsese because that was Martin Scorsese's real life mother playing Joe Pesci's mother, making them pizza, cooking for them, you know. (sighs) Film mothers. I've played Shirley MacLaine's clips before. And in terms of endearment, that's a tough movie to watch. But she really played a mother in that. She really did. The love, the heart, and the, the pain of losing her child. That scene where she says, you know, the pain medication. She says, it's after 10, you know, give my daughter the shot. And um, that's a powerful moment. It's a powerful moment. So be kind to your mothers. Yes, I've had moments with my mother. We don't always agree, but I love her and I respect her. And I I got her some really good gifts because, you know, my mother, I put her through a lot as a teenager. And so, you know, yeah. But she, you know, she she's a very interesting woman. Very funny. Has an interesting sense of humor. Yes. I remember one time I was on the phone with one of my professors, strangely enough, and my mother is also a professor, and they heard my mother just howling. And they're like, what's going on? I said, oh, she's watching Little Miss Sunshine. She was, oh, my God. It was hilarious. Just howling, laughing. I remember one time for Mother's Day, I bought my mom 
the film Sideways, which is about wine, directed by Alexander Payne, who has a very interesting sense of humor. And my mother is just laughing, howling, and my father, who was not amused, very rarely is he amused, uh, said, I can't believe you bought this movie for your mother. Look at that. I said, look at her. She's having a good time. She's laughing at it. Yeah. Mothers. They bring us into this world that they could take us out of it. Even Marlena Dietrich was a mother. Not just to her own daughter, but to... She was a mother figure to uh, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney talked about that. A lot of people didn't know that. After Marlena Dietrich had passed... Rosemary Clooney wrote this book, her autobiography, and talked about she had these, you know, mental moments and moments where she was sick. And Marlena Dietrich would be in the kitchen cooking, being very mother motherly to her. So it doesn't matter where the babies come from. It doesn't matter if you are not a parent. You're always someone's mother. And I dedicate this show tonight to my good friend, who was also my Spanish professor who is such a great aunt. And as a professor, I have to tell you, she was a mother to us all. She truly was. She had a really great sense of when you walk into the classroom, she did not want negativity. And she's like, ooh, 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 oh, go outside with a negative attitude. And I love that about her. I learned so much from her. I still do. I learned so much from her. And so, Julie... This is dedicated to you. Thank you for being a great mother to us all. And to the film mothers, thank you for entertaining us for generations. Unpleasant dreams. And Weezy, this one's for you. Moving on up. <laughs>